Morning, everyone. As you've uh, no doubt caught on, we're, we're towards the end of Pledge Month here. All this month we've been using this book, Ask and It Is Given, by uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks to kind of guide us through this thing that we call the Law of Attraction. Tips, techniques, ways of invoking and using this idea of bringing more good into our lives in an intentional way. So today's no different. We're going to expand upon that a little bit. And I'm going to start maybe in an unusual place by questioning the idea of desire itself. Why is it that we want things? Why is it that there's a dissatisfaction with life as it is that prompts us to to see other areas in our life where we want more love or or, uh, more peace or uh, more material wealth or, or whatever it would be? What is this thing called desire? What's interesting in this Hicks book is they say that really desire comes in pairs. And there's a, a watchfulness aspect to this idea of these paired desires. And so let me give you an example. Because so often, I think, we don't recognize that there's a twofold nature here. So as an example, maybe you desire to have a life's partner. Let's say you're single right now. You're desiring to have a life partner. Is that the desire? Or is the desire not to be alone anymore? Do you sense the subtle difference there? Or maybe you desire to have uh, the job of your dreams and, and you can kind of picture in your mind the, the dream of this perfect job with great working conditions and a, a wonderful compensation package, a, a job that would really suit you. But I've got to ask you, day to day, when you're showing up at the old job, are you thinking of the new one? Or are you thinking about every possible thing that's wrong with the one that you're in right now? You're thinking about the bad compensation and the extra overtime hours they're making you work. You're thinking of that crabby boss and, the, and, and some of those stupid rules that really aren't working out the way you think they should. Do you see how desire itself tends to have a desire for and a desire from, a sort of like a, a desire to be away from the situation as it is right now, and a desire for something a little better. Another example, you might desire to have more cash on hand. Who wouldn't have that desire? But is that really the desire? Or is it the desire to be free from your bills and your obligations as they currently are? One last one. Um, you know, not too long ago I said, you know, I'm in the market for a new car. And so I thought about this one. Even something as basic as wanting a new car, is that the desire? The desire to be in a new, safer car? Or is the desire that I'm kind of worried that my 12-year-old one is going to poop out on me on the freeway? <laughs> Do you see this? And, and when I'm driving in my car, am I thinking how blessed and how wonderful it is to be in the new one? Or am I thinking about, what's that little noise? What's that rattle noise? Last time, last time I took it in, they said something about a timing belt. And I don't even know what that is, but it, it can't be good news. Do you, know what, do you know what I mean? So it is this dual aspect of the desire itself that I want you to think about. Now, the law of attraction is working all the time. And as we learned last week, the law of attraction simply says the focus of my thoughts, it's going to orchestrate more of itself, right? 
So if the focus of my thoughts is love and light and joy and peace, well, well God bless me because that's what my world is going to bring about more of. But if I'm worried about that darn car, if there's anxiety in me about being stranded on the freeway, if rather than a partner, I'm really holding on to the loneliness, if it's really the bills that I'm fixated on and, and really moving around in my head one over the other, rather than the abundance and the, the freedom that extra cash would bring, you know, this is a good news, bad news story. I can be so clear about what I want but if that's not the focus, if that's not really where my mind is going most often, unfortunately, that law of attraction is still working. It's still going to take my predominant thoughts. It's still going to be where my heart is, if you will. And it's going to give me more, most likely, of what I've already got. And if that's lack, if that's uh, loneliness, if that's, uh, you know, if that's something I don't want, unfortunately, there I can be again. Now, the Hicks, I think, have, in a very magnificent way, portrayed an easy way of telling. If you're not sure, and i got to tell you, sometimes I'm not sure what's going on in my mind. Are you there with me sometimes? Or, or even the idea of a mixed mind, because I think that's perfectly likely in my own head as well. Some days I'm dreaming of the joy and the fun in the new car, and then other days it's like, tick tick, tick, what's that ticking noise? What's that ticking noise? What's going to leave me abandoned on the freeway? Well, the Hicks have a great way for knowing the difference. And it's simply, you can fool your head, but you can't fool your heart. And so if you listen to what your heart is telling you in this state of desire, right? So you're feeling like you want something to be different, just look right here. Skip this part. You know, you can always get back to the craziness of your thoughts later, right? But let's go for the simplicity of the heart. And the heart will tell you. Let me go back to those examples again. So like that life partner question, right? If the feeling is longing, it's that missing something that you're feeling. If that feeling is love... That's the looking forward to. That's the accepting the more love. Do you see how actually kind of simple this is? Let's go to the example of the, the better job. If what you're feeling when you think of that better job is the security and, the, and the, really the abundance of knowing that you're better compensated in it, and it, you kind of feel open-hearted and great when you picture yourself at that new job, then that's what you're going to get. If, when you think of the new job, you think about the crappy boss and how wonderful it will be to be out of there, <laughs> unfortunately, what you're really holding close to you is the idea of the rotten boss. It's that close-heartedness. I'll take one more, but, but you see where this is going because you can't fool this part of you. You might rationalize in your own head that you're thinking about abundance, that you're thinking about more love, that you're thinking about joy, but your heart is going to tell you the truth. So, so uh, the example of the more cash, if, if when you're thinking it would be lovely to have more cash in your accounts and to really feel financially secure in abundance, if those are the feelings that come up, if you feel freedom, if you feel that, that kind of luxury of like having brunch at the Benson Hotel, do you know what I mean? If, it, if in you wells up that idea of luxury when you think about that, all right, because then you will experience luxury. It will be that open-heartedness, that expansiveness. 
But if instead what you're feeling is a tightness because you know your finances are tight, if you're feeling that there's just never quite enough to go around that sense of lack, if those are the feelings that come up, don't be fooled into thinking you're going to be using the law of attraction to bring more good in your life because it's going to be responding to your fears and your sense of lack. We unfortunately, well, this is one of those good news, bad news scenarios, right? The law is always working. No matter how, you know, no matter what the bleak picture of the world might be on the outside, the law is always there to support you. That's the good news, right? The bad news is, though, what are we asking it to support? So simply a little more clarity, a little more willingness to follow your heart and imagine that you already have that thing because that I think makes it easier. If you can imagine that that life partner is already yours, then how much easier it is to celebrate and and, and not feel like you're lacking it. If the new car is already yours, if you pretend, even as you're driving with the tick, tick, tick in the background, if you can pretend that you are experiencing the freedom and the audacity of being in your new car, sailing on the highway with that sense of freedom and that sense of expansiveness and and just being out in the world safe and secure, if you can bring those feelings up in you, then it doesn't matter whether the car has the ticking noise. Because that's not where your head's going. You're not thinking about shelling out money for a timing belt. I don't even know what a timing belt is. But <laughs> oh, okay. A couple of people are going to coach me later. Good. I, I pro- probably need an education on that. So allow your heart to be both your guide <clears throat> and make sure that you're feeding your heart in the direction that you want to go. If you want more expansiveness, you need to feel expansive. If you want more love, you need to be love. You need to put it on, just like you're putting on your suit of clothes in the morning. If you want to experience more love or more abundance, then put it on. Put on the attitude of that which you intend to have more of. Then your heart will be in alignment with your thoughts, and you will be a powerful attractor. Now there's something else equally important that I want to talk about today. Oh, actually, before we, before we go on to that, let, let me read the, this lovely quote um, that Esther Hicks put together on this exact subject. She says, Every desire is really two. There is that which you desire, and there is the feeling of lack of it. Often, when you believe you're thinking about something that you desire, you're actually thinking about the exact opposite. In other words, you might say, I want to be well but you're thinking about your current illness. You might say, I want to have financial security, but really you're thinking about your current shortage of lack of money. I want a perfect relationship to come to me, or I don't want to be alone. It is most helpful if you are able to discern where you are headed before you get there. You can tell simply by the way you feel where you are headed. So it's that emotional content. The other thing I want to cover today is uh, actually also has two aspects. If, if the first thing that we just finished talking about is that desire has two aspects, I got to tell you, what satisfies that desire also has two aspects. And I'm going to illustrate it with a, hopefully a, an amusing story. 
believe it or not, I found a joke with, uh, with uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes in it. Holmes and Watson camping. <laughs> All right, so Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson go on a camping trip, right? They've pitched their tent, they've built a fire, they even made a great meal and had a, enjoyed a bottle of red wine. And as the fire burned low, they lay down for the night for sleep. Some hours later, Holmes wakes up, nudges his faithful old friend and says, Watson, I want you to look up into the night sky and tell me what you observe. Watson says, well, I see millions and millions of stars. Yes, says Sherlock, but what does this tell you? After a minute or so of thinking, Watson says, well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies, potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, if I remember correctly, uh, Saturn is in Leo. Now, horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three in the morning. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are bit, but a small part of God's grandeur. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Holmes, what does it tell you? Holmes was silent for a few moments and said, Watson, you idiot, someone's stolen our tent. <laughs> I want to suggest, and, and I hope you're not going to hate me here, but I want to suggest that we have often cast ourselves in the role of Dr. Watson, that we, friends, are missing the obvious. Most of us, I'm afraid, when we think of what we want, when we think of our desires, we have it bound up in effects, in earthly, if you will, situations and people and, and things even. And our belief is that that is truly what will satisfy us. That is truly what will make us happy. That is truly what will cause this feeling of lack or dismay to go away. And so often in our prayer requests, in, the, in counseling sessions, in, in just casual conversations, even here on a Sunday, people will say, well, what I really want is a, a new car. What I really want is a, a fabulous new job. What really will make me happy is that relationship. If only it would improve. What really will make me happy is when the, the baby's born or when, the, or, or Lord knows, I'll finally be happy when I retire. And we get tons of prayer requests for those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what if the thing doesn't satisfy? What if you feel exactly the same after the baby is born? What if you feel exactly as lost once you retire? You discover that the job you didn't like has just been replaced by the retirement that you're not enjoying all that much either. Can you imagine anything worse than feeling lonely in a relationship? Do you see what I mean? It's like we're trying to array the heavens and we don't even realize that it's the tent that's missing. What is it that you really want? 
beyond the stuff, beyond the outcomes, beyond the jobs, beyond the um, certain kinds of relationships and certain kinds of living situations. What is it that you really want? Nancy, would you be willing to help me with this? For those of you who are in the foundations class or, or who have had our foundations class before, this is going to sound uh, a little bit familiar. Uh, and it's simply an exercise that you can do with a friend, someone you trust, someone that might even have a Kleenex handy just in case. But it's a very powerful exercise to clarify what it is that you want. And, and we'll just illustrate. We don't even need to set up the rules here. So, Larry, what is it that you really want? Well, what I really want, i got to tell you, I am so looking forward to December because we're planning a family vacation to Disney World. Okay, and what is it that you really want? Well, I want the time off. I want to spend time with the people in Florida. I love the Tower of Terror. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on it like 112 times until I just about barf. <laughs> <laughs> What do you really want? Well, uh, well, really, I guess that sense of freedom. You know, I'll, I'll have a couple weeks off, and and I, I, although I love being here, a vacation is a vacation. It'll be nice to have some some rest and relaxation. Okay. And what is it that you really want? You're not going to give up, are you? <laughs> You know, to be honest, part of it is that we're going with Daniel's family, with my partner's family. And, you know, here is his sister, and here are two nephews and a niece that I hardly know. We've been together for many years, and, and I hardly know these people in a way. And so it'll be a chance to get to know them. Okay, and what do you really want from this? Well, I guess the truth is I want a family connection again since I've lost all of my natural family. Yeah, it, it's, it's being able to give love and to receive love in that family way. I think we've found what you really want. Thank you, thank you. Did you notice the difference? It's not about Disney World. In fact, I've been to Disney World a couple times, and I, I still remember uh, in Epcot um, one time we were eating at the German restaurant in Epcot and having a lovely time, and next to us at the table was a family that was having the worst time of their lives. <laughs> I mean, Disneyland, Disney World might be the happiest place on life, but... But that family, oh my gosh, they, they didn't like the food, they didn't like where they were staying, the kids wanted to do one thing and the adults wanted to do the other thing. There were tears and drama and, I mean, Disney World is beautiful and it may or may not bring me that family feeling. The new car may or may not bring you really a sense of freedom. The, the new house might make you feel safe and secure, but who knows? So my ultimate question is, what do you really want? Is it the stuff and the things of the world? Or is it the things right here? I think at the end of the day, it's back to the heart again. Not only does the heart show the way for illustrating what our desire really is, but I think it's also the object of that desire. What is your heart really saying that you want? 
it may or may not be that Madison Avenue picture of what the, the rich life is supposed to be, right? It may be the two cars in the garage and the, the 1.6 family members or, you know, all that, all the statistical stuff that supposedly Americans want or need, but gosh, I look around at many Americans that have all those things. It doesn't always spell happiness. What do you want? What do you really want? I'm going to close with an offer and with a prayer. The offer is simply an offer of time and attention. This community is here for you all. This community is here to help you through times of trouble. It's here to help you through times of, uh, of outrageous success. We're here to be a loving witness for one another. We're here to help know the truth about each other as individuals, that truth of love and life, that truth of joy and, and yes, abundance. We are here to have a community that can support one another even when I have lost sight of the forest for the trees, even when I don't recognize that it's my tent that's missing, I know that someone here will. And so my offer is to come together in community in a, in a special and touching way, to know the truth for ourselves when we lose sight of it, to know abundance, to know love, to know what really matters, and now and then to ask the question, what do you really want? Are we here for each other in that way? Yes. Then let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe that is this thing called life. And what I know about life is it is outrageously abundant. It is the zillions of stars, even as Watson noticed. It is the planets without counting. It's the multitude of riches present for us in our mind, in our bodies, in our hearts, in the, the goodness of one another. The universe is vastly abundant. I know that means me. I know that my life, too, is heir to this kingdom, that wherever I turn, the abundant universe is there for me, always willing to give. But more important than this, I know for myself, and I know for each person in this room, there is that clarity of what really counts. There is that clarity of what abundance really means. There is that clarity of the joy, of the love, of the peace, of, of what is there that is of true and lasting importance. That is what I know for the people in this room. That is what is truly desired here and what will truly be delivered. I'm grateful for this. I'm so grateful to be here in the power and the presence of God as it takes the form of all these people, of this community as a whole. And I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you.